message today. Um, before we get into anything, we do this every single time because it's really, really important. Can we show some love to everyone who served today and helped volunteer and everything? Yeah, uh, Mountainside is not a one-person show. It's not just a small team of people that do everything. It's, it's everyone in the room. It's all of us pitching in uh, where we can, and we just love and appreciate that about uh, everyone here. And how good was Sarah Shelley leading today after like four or five months off, right? Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Thanks. That's great. That was a lot of fun. Um, if this is your first time ever here, uh, there's a blue card on your chair or the one beside you. You can fill that out. Leave it at the info booth at the back. Yeah, that one. Oh, oh yeah, here's a perfect example. This one. Thanks, Michael. Um, and uh, we have a free gift for you just to kind of say thanks for being here, our, our guest today. Um, I just have one announcement before we start. Uh, we have, or I guess two actually, we have our Easter service, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. really want to encourage you to come out to that. Uh, it's going to be a really, really awesome event, uh, and you'll hear more about that as, as time goes. Um, and also tomorrow, Alpha is starting, okay? And uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. It's um, kind of all the questions you want to know about Christianity, all the, 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 those base questions, the deepest questions there. Uh, it's a group where you get together, you talk about it, you have food, watch videos. It's going to be really good, okay? So that's starting tomorrow, but and again, you'll hear more details on that uh, as the service goes. So if you're in grade five, six, seven, or eight, you are now dismissed. Have a great time at youth. Just go to the exit sign over there, uh, and you're going to head right out to the foyer. Have a great time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, so the way I watch TV at home is through Netflix or YouTube, okay? Uh, we don't have, you know, traditional cable, this kind of thing. And we have what's called an Apple TV, and uh, you need the Apple remote to control the Apple TV, this kind of thing. And I remember when Noah was around one, one and a half kind of thing, he, he loved just, you know, watching like these... Uh, you know, these little kids, uh, it's called Little Baby Bum. It's like little dancing videos and stuff. It's a really weird name for it. Anyways, um, and I remember one day, it's like, okay, let's, let's put on the, your little uh, nursery rhyme video, Noah. And we couldn't find the remote anywhere. And uh, we were kind of look, looking all over. And, and a couple days goes by, and we cannot find this remote anywhere, this Apple TV remote. And uh, uh, it was just really frustrating because it's the only way you could watch TV. And then I, I look at Noah, I look at Noah, <laughs> and I say, <laughs> and then he screamed, yeah, no. Um, I looked at Noah, I'm like, please, dude, tell me seriously, where did you put the Apple TV remote? And he's just kind of shaking, I don't know, whatever. So a couple days goes by, we give up all hope, where it's like, okay, I guess we're just not going to watch TV downstairs. This is, this is actually a good thing. And Olivia has uh, this swell bottle, this like uh, metal, metal water bottle kind of thing. And she's dumping out her water, and out comes the Apple TV remote in the water. And it's just like, okay. Okay, so either Olivia did that or Noah did that. I think it was Olivia. Um, but I meant Noah. I meant Noah. Um, and uh, uh, may it rest in peace. But I can't complain, though. I can't complain. Because uh, I was telling this story to my one friend, and he said, oh, you think that's bad? So he was once working on his uh, MacBook Pro, his laptop, and he had his, you know, son, who's a similar age of, of my son, Noah, beside him. He had a nice big cup of water, and he, he picks up his cup of water and dumps it all over the keyboard, all this kind of thing. And then I guess my buddy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why, why, why did you do that? And all his son says is, 
I wanted to see what would happen if I did that. It's kind of like, no, that's not what you do. Um, and so keep, keep your Apple products away from little boys, okay? Because it's, it's, it's dangerous business. Um, but those are those moments in life where you, it's kind of just this like, whoops, ugh, didn't mean to do that, right? And I, I think we all have those moments. You know, sometimes it's, oops, I didn't mean to leave the lights on, my bad, you know, or oops, I didn't mean to miss your call there. That was a genuine mistake. Uh, you know, whoops, I didn't mean to invest into Blockbuster instead of Netflix, right? Like, it's, you have these moments, right, where whoops, that's a mistake. Um, and most of the time, it's not a big deal. And, and sometimes it's not a big deal. But sometimes, these kind of oops, these moments, they can be a pretty big deal. Um, and, and today, I want to talk to you about something that us as humans, I feel like we have these oops moments, and, or, and maybe not you, at least in my life, I have it. And especially in the topic in the area of uh, something that we call in church world evangelism evangelism. And basically evangelism is when you are trying your very best to help either your family or your friends believe in God, and not only believe in God, but help realize that God loves them and to actually have a relationship with God. So that's, that's evangelism. And that is actually our purpose in life. Whether you know it or not, whether you've been coming to church stuff forever, whether this is your very first week, that is all of our purpose, to, to know God, to love God with all of our hearts, and to love other people, and to help other people find out who God is. So look, if you're new here this year, first week, I'm going to be very upfront with you. Our goal here today at Mountainside Church is that you would believe in God. That not only that you would believe in God, but you would actually choose to follow Jesus and believe the story about Jesus and understand how much he really, really loves you. And it, and it doesn't matter, you know, what your life has looked like in the past. It doesn't matter what kind of family you're, lo- you're coming from. Um, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. God has a really good purpose in your life. Um, but when we try this, there's something that can, e- you know, pretty easily trip, trip us up. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about today and kind of how it's so important. So I'm believing that, you know, out in the next 25 minutes that we're all going to leave a little more encouraged, uh, a little more e- equipped with evangelism, helping other people find out who, who God is, okay? So, so we're starting this new series called Plant the Seed. Plant the Seed, and, and I'm, I'm praying that this encourages you, uh, you know, this week, and we're also doing it next week, about how we can help reach our friends and family for Jesus, okay? Uh, so let's look at some scripture. Uh, and before that, I want to give you some context to, the, to the, uh, the scripture that we're reading today. So it's written by a guy named Paul. And this guy named Paul, he had a friend named Apollos, okay? And basically, Paul is this, like, awesome church planter, really intelligent guy. Uh, he wrote a lot of the scripture that, that, that we use in the New Testament. Um, and he also was a church planter. So he'd go from city to city and, and start these kind of new churches in a similar way how, you know, a big group of us here came to Bimbrook and started Mountainside Church. And, and then, uh, so, he, so he gets to this one city called Corinth, and uh, it was a, a Greek city, and uh, he starts this new church. It, it's, it's awesome. He talks about God for the first time, these people, who Jesus is. It, it's, it's fantastic. And as time goes, this other guy named Apollos, who's Paul's friend, he ends up coming to this church, and he starts teaching people. And, and Paul was kind of like the, the, the first little bit, teaching people about God, and then Apollos came and kind of, you know, helped, helped uh, strengthen people's faith and help people learn more about God. And, and, and they were just really good friends, Paul and Apollos. And, but what happened was, as time went, people started choosing their loyalties. Uh, some people were starting to say, you know, oh, oh I, I really like Paul. You know, I'm really like a follower of Paul. I, I really like Paul. And other people were like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm like a follower of, of, of Paulo. So I really, really like him. And, and they're kind of asking them, themselves the question, why am I saved by God? I think it's because Paul, Paul, 
taught me about God. That's why. So I owe Paul. And other people are like, no, I, you know, Paul, Paul helped out at the beginning, but really it's, it's Apollos who, who really helped me out. And, and they're kind of choosing who they're, they're loyal to. And, and meanwhile, Paul's at a, a different city starting new churches. Um, and he hears about this. So he writes them this letter to kind of set things straight, to set the record straight, okay? And, and uh, look what he says in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1. It says this. So this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church, okay? He says, Some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Then he kind of, you know, gives it to them. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. And, and Paul's kind of getting annoyed with this church that he started. He's saying, guys, what, why are you trying to give me credit for something that I didn't do? God loves you, and that's not because I forced God to. That's just because God loves you. You know, was I crucified for you? No, Jesus was crucified for you. And then, you know, and he writes, he addresses some different problems that this church is having. And then two chapters later, he starts talking about this again, and, and, and he leaves us with a really, really, really important analogy that I want all of us in the room to kind of get deep, deep, deep into our, our hearts today, okay? So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And he continues on in, in the next verse. He says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. So he gives this beautiful kind of analogy, right? What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. And you have this, this beautiful analogy, right? And you see this all throughout the scripture where, where you have, uh, you know, a soil. And that's kind of representing someone's life, someone's heart. And then you have a seed. And that's kind of representing the, the, the truth about who God is. That, and, and, and this is the message of God, right? This little seed. It's that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus. Right? It's that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, that God has forgiveness for you. God has a new start for you. You're all welcome into God's family which is a beautiful story. And, and he's kind of given this analogy of, you know, when you plant a seed and then, you know, you put some water, it can grow into something beautiful, right? So Paul's suggesting, look, I was, I was there in Corinth where you hadn't heard about God at all, and I told you about Jesus. So that was me planting the seed. I planted the seed in your heart. But, but when I left and Apollos came, my buddy Apollos came, and he kept teaching you about God and encouraging you, that was almost like he was like, he took the seed that Paul put there, and, and Apollos was kind of, you know, with his little, you know, watering can thing, you know, kind of watering that seed and kind of giving it everything that it needs. But Paul's making the suggestion, but who deserves the credit for the growth? Was it, was it Paul? Was it the person who planted the seed? Or was it the person that came and watered it? He's saying, none. Paul doesn't deserve it. Apollos doesn't deserve it. Jesus deserves it. And that's why Paul makes a point earlier. He says, look, I wasn't crucified for you. Jesus was crucified for you. Jesus deserves the credit. And, and you know, you, you read this analogy, you like, whoa, that's actually such a cool little symbol and, and kind of word pictures there. That, that's, that's so cool. And Paul's a genius. But it actually wasn't Paul who, who thought of this, right? Someone much wiser, much smarter came up with this. And his name is Jesus. 
Jesus actually started this analogy when, when he would be teaching his followers and, and, and his, his friends. And, and I want us just to pause for a moment today. And I want us to apply this analogy directly to our personal lives. Okay? I, I want us to ask ourselves these questions. Can you personally think of the first time someone taught you about God's love? Can you think about the first person that ever truly told you about Jesus? And, and like, I don't mean like in an unclear way, like truly like, oh, so that's who Jesus is. So that's who, who, who God is. And, and it's probably not one person, right? There, there's probably multiple people in, in your life that were planting seeds of truth in your life. And like, maybe it was even uh, on the radio. Maybe it was online. Maybe it was on TV. There's, there's multiple sources of where, you know, that seed can almost be planted. And look, maybe it was in the church setting, just like this, in a church service, where there was, you know, a preacher at the front that was just talking about Jesus. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was personally just you and a friend sitting on a couch talking about God. It can look like so many different ways, right? But when that happened with you, there was a seed being planted in your heart. There was, there was truth being planted in your heart. Um, and, and again, like, let's not get creepy. It's like, oh no, something like, it's just an analogy, right? It's just, it's fi- figurative. Um, and I'm praying to be honest, today, in, in this church service, I'm praying that there's a couple people here where you're like, to be honest, I don't really know about God. I don't really, I've never really heard the full story about Jesus before. This is my prayer today, is that this, today, would be for the first time a seed is being planted in your life of that truth of God's love for you. Um, and and it, it's cool because if we keep, kind of keep the exercise going, who, who maybe wasn't the first person to teach us about God and, you know, to explain who God was in Jesus to us, but who kind of really walked alongside of us as we grew in our faith? Who was the person that came and said, you know, hey, just so you know, I'm praying for you. Hey, you gotta make sure you come to church service today. Hey, come join my community group. Hey, you gotta come to Alpha. Who was that person? Because really, that person was watering the seed. They were watering the seed in your life with, it, with, with that analogy, helping you go deeper with God. Um, but look, regardless of who that was in your personal life, whoever planted the seed, Whoever it was that watered the seed in your life, look, they don't get credit. God gets the credit. Jesus gets the credit. Jesus is the one that made it grow. When you finally made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my life. I'm willing to give it all up to go his way. God gets the credit for that. And why does he get the credit? Because how, is someone, how does someone have a, a, a good relationship with God? How does someone have a right relationship with God? Because of Jesus, because Jesus died on the cross, because Jesus rose again, because Jesus showed God's love to us. That's what makes us right with God. So with all that being said, okay, with with kind of this analogy in mind and kind of applying it to a personal life, I have some news of relief for you today, okay? And I hope this helps you sleep better. I hope this gives you more comfort in life. I hope this gives you more peace in life, okay? Ready for it, ready for it, ready for it? You don't need to go and save your friends and family for Jesus. You don't. It's not on you. That burden is not on you. Because look, even if you tried, you couldn't. You couldn't. Sometimes when, when it comes to our purpose, right, of, of okay, we just got to love God. We just got to love others. We got to help people find out who God is. And, and that's so good. But sometimes we take on too much personal responsibility and too much weight with that. And we think that we are actually the saviors. And we, we think that, okay, we need to go plant the seed, and then we're gonna go water the seed, and then we're gonna kind of protect the seed, and then we're gonna grow the seed. And we have really good intentions, but we've gone too far with it. We've gone too far with it. Look, and, and maybe it's not you, maybe, maybe it's just my life, whatever. But look, our job is not to grow the seed. Our job is to plant the seed. Our job is to water the seed, to do whatever it takes so that it's ready, so that God 
can grow it. So look, I want to encourage you this morning, don't mix up the roles between you and God, okay? Don't mix up what God wants to accomplish in someone's life and what God wants us to do in someone's life. It, you know these old TV shows where there'll be, like a, there'll be like a doctor that's doing like a crazy operation. He'll be like, oh, when I woke up this morning, I didn't know I'm playing God. You know, like this kind of thing. Like, look, you don't need to be that person. You don't need to play God because you're not. And it would crush you anyways if, if, if we're, we're, we're trying to do that. So let's be clear on what God's role is and what our role is. And let's find some peace in that. Let's find some comfort in that, okay? But, there's always that. There's always that coming, right? But, that does not mean that we are off the hook. It does not mean that it's, oh, perfect. God will save who he wants. We just get to go do what? No, 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 no. Look, we still have responsibility. We are responsible to plant the seed. We are responsible for watering the seed. We need to be telling other people about Jesus. We need to be showing people who Jesus is. And, and, and when we do that, God's going to change lives. And we still have that responsibility, okay? But look, we need to remember, as we are walking, as we are living with this responsibility, we need to remember, we are the messengers. Jesus is the message. We are the messengers. Jesus is the message. And, and we still need to be sowing that seed like a farmer. We need to be watering that as much as we can, as often as we can, of course. But at the very end of the day, it's not on you. That's up to Jesus. That's up to the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in this world, showing people that they need Him, okay? Um, I, I do want to make one, one more note with this, though. Uh, and, and this might be one of the most important parts of today, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, okay, because, you know, the coin fiasco went off so well, so why not use another prop, okay? Um, so I have here a nice little pot, and uh, I have some, you can't see it, but I've got some nice soil in here, some nice soil, and uh, where did that go? Okay, yeah, here it is. I got a nice little apple seed right here. Okay, so I had to sacrifice an apple for yesterday, okay, to get that, okay? I was like, Livia, do we have seeds? She's like, we have like flax seeds? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it needs to be, you know, and yeah, anyways. I think Eliza was over, was like, cut open an apple. I'm like, oh, true, okay. Um, so if I had this seed right here, and I plant it, put it in there, you know, make sure the nice soil's on, okay, nice and, nice and good there, you know, just, you know, that's, that's good, okay, and I'm going to put it right here, sorry, Roberta, there we go, just like that, um, we're going to put that there, um, what's going what, to, what's going to happen after, um, right now, like, what's going to happen, okay, ready, uh, actually, something really special is going to happen, um, okay, ready for it, it's not just any seed, okay, ready, 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 um, okay, ready, Okay, this is really awkward now, okay. Uh, wait. That's not how it works. If you, yeah, you all thought something cool was going to happen, right? Jack and the Beanstalk. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Look, seeds don't just get planted and then grow. That's not how it works. That's not how God designed things to work. Seeds take time. They, they need the seasons. They need the water. They need the roots. The, to, to, the seed breaks open. The roots go deep. It takes time. And look, it, it's so funny because this is so anti our culture. It is so anti our culture because we, we're so rushed, right? Like I'll, I'll be reading, I'll be online reading like a news article and, or watching a little video and like a, like a six second ad will come up. And I'm like, oh, ads, you know, next story, next video. It's like, you couldn't wait six seconds? It's like, no, absolutely not. I've got things to do. And this is just so our culture. We're just so go, 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 go. And we're so accustomed 
to getting things right away and this kind of thing, um, which is awesome until that mindset collides with this mindset where you plant something, you put your soil on, you, you water it, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a gardener. You do that. And then you kind of just wait. And you wait and wait and wait. Sometimes in life, things take time. So look, you want your friends to find Jesus. You have a, you have a, a son or daughter, and you're like, oh my goodness, I would just, I would do anything so that they could find out who God is and that God loves them and that Jesus died for them and rose again. I would do anything for my spouse to, to see them know Jesus, this kind of thing. Look, let, let me tell you something. Just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. And look, it's probably gonna take some time. It's probably not gonna be this instant thing where all of a sudden, oh my goodness, there's results and, and this kind of thing. It takes time. And my prayer today for everyone in the room and all of our loved ones and all of our friends is that Throughout their lives, there already has been seeds planted. And it would be awesome if you were, you know, the one that was able to say, wow, like, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, one year ago, however long, a seed was planted, and now we're kind of seeing growth. That, that's, that's amazing. But it might not be the case. That might not be the case. And, and we need to be willing to wait. We need to be willing to be patient and never give up. Uh, I, I have one friend that I'm inviting to, to the Easter service coming up. I've prayed for him over 15 years, 15 years, and, and I, st- I still see him. I still spend time with him, and, uh, you know, he's heard all about God. He's been to church services, all this kind of stuff that's great. And look, I'm not done planting seeds in his life. I'm not done trying to water those seeds that have been planted in his life. And until I see it grow, until I see the result that God wants, look, I'm going to stay at it. I'm going to keep watering. I'm going to keep planting. I'm, I'm, I'm putting everything that I have into seeing that happen. I'm going to keep faithfully pray for him. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to invite him out. I'm going to look for the times where God comes up and we talk about Jesus. I'm going to look for the times where I can show him God's love. I'm just going to keep at it. But I'm not going to have this weight of, oh no, I'm responsible for saving him. No, because I'm not. Because I didn't die for him. Jesus did. I wasn't crucified for him. Um, my role is not to do the saving. It's, it's to just sow. Sow the seed, Right? The rest is between them and God. The rest is between them and God. And, and that's the main idea I, I want to leave you with today is, is this, okay? Our role is not to be saviors. It's to be sowers. Our role is not to be saviors. It's to be sowers. And this is so important because I'm telling you, if we walk in life with this weight of I need to save these people, I need to, it's going to crush us because we, we aren't God and we aren't meant to act like God. We're his kids. We're his family. Look, we are the messengers. We are not the message. And we need to keep things focused on who Jesus is. Keep things focused on Jesus, okay? Um, I'm going to invite my friend up, Megan, who's going to help me preach today just for a few minutes. Um, Megan's one of the, the leaders here at Mountainside Church, um, and she's going to share just a, a, a story about Jesus that illustrates everything we've been talking about perfectly today, okay? So um, show some love to Megan as she, uh, she speaks to us today. Yeah, so thank you. We're talking about uh, sharing our faith today and whether you call this reaching others for Jesus or whether you call this evangelizing. Um, I'll be the first to admit that it's scary. You know, even thinking about it coming up, I can feel my heartbeat like, I need to talk about evangelizing today. And um, somebody told me something, and I want to share with you, that just takes the pressure off. And it's this, is that when you step out in faith and when you evangelize or when you share your faith with Jesus, about Jesus, you're entering into a conversation that God has already started. 
that the Holy Spirit has already started in that person's life. You're not doing it alone. There's a reason why you felt a prompting to share your faith with God, about God with somebody. There's a reason why you felt a prompting to invite somebody to church or to invite somebody to Alpha. There's a reason why you felt that prompting, and it's because God has already started a work in their life. God has given us each a work to do for his purpose. Uh, He's given a work to each of us to reach his children, and it's about our obedience to that prompting in our life that can be the catalyst to somebody's complete transformation in Christ. So I'll give you an example. It was my sister's obedience to praying for me and eventually inviting me out to Alpha four years ago that ultimately changed the course of my entire life because of her faith and her obedience to the prompting that God gave her. And hear me carefully here. It's not that God needs us to do this. He's the God of the universe. Like if he wants something done, it's happening. God can reach people all by himself through many other ways. But the most beautiful thing about God in relationship is that he wants to use us. And we get to be used by God to share in his glory. And that's beautiful. And I'll just tell you is there are very few things in life that will fill you deeper than being able to reach somebody for Jesus, than being able to share your faith with somebody, than sitting beside somebody at church, than to following along with somebody, uh, bringing them to Alpha, than maybe even watching somebody get baptized, right? Because you planted that seed and you shared with them. Again, God doesn't need us to do this. And I want to tell you a story in the Bible. Uh, it's so cool. The Bible's so cool. About a, about a time when this actually happened. So it's told by both Luke and Mark uh, in their written events of Jesus' life known as the Gospels. So we have it up on the screen here. Jesus was in Capernaum teaching. And as usual, a huge crowd of people gathered around to hear him teach, and maybe even to see some of his um, healing powers. And Luke goes on to say this. He says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowds. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles, then they lowered the sick man down on his mat into the crowd. Did you see it? Okay, so Mark goes on to describe it like this. Next slide. While he was preaching, that's Jesus, God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Mark describes it a little bit easier, right? They literally went up to the roof, dug a hole, and lowered a man down in front of Jesus. So I did some research into, like, dug, like, really, Mark? Like, really? They dug a hole? And actually, yeah. So roofs in Capernaum at the time of Jesus, um, they were like another floor to the house entirely. Like people would gather up there for meeting times, for social times, and they even like um, aired laundry out there to dry. So if you think about it, if in order to hold a group of people, the roof had to be extremely stable, extremely thick. So roofs in this time were made of like clay, like hard material clay. So when Mark says that they dug a hole, he's not kidding. They dug a hole. Just like in 1 Corinthians 3, Pastor Mike read it, is someone dug the hole, someone lowered the seed or lowered the paralyzed man. And these were the prerequisites to to the ultimate healing, to be uh, healed by Jesus. So people grow, people are changed, people are healed by being brought in, by being lowered down, and by, um, by being introduced to Jesus, who is the ultimate root system of the plant and of our lives, right? Both accounts go on to say this, the next slide in Mark, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. 
And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Seeing their faith, the man was healed. It was nothing that the paralyzed man did. It was the faith of his friends who brought him to Jesus, knowing that they were bringing him to a source who had the ultimate power to heal, to change, to transform lives, that this man was healed. It was nothing that he did. It was the faith of his friends, which was the reason why he was healed. It's our obedience to God's prompting in our life that can be the catalyst for change in somebody else's. And my question, and I think about this for myself, is am I getting intimidated by the big crowd in front of the house? Am I saying, eh, no, it's too much, and I'm turning away? Or do I have the faith? Am I loving that person enough? Am I loving Jesus enough to go up to the roof to dig a hole, to plant a seed, to lower the man, to introduce him to Jesus? And just as an aside thought I was thinking about this is maybe this is even a check for us personally. Am I lowering myself daily enough to meet Jesus? And when I say lowering, I physically mean lowering in an act of surrender. You know, this is a reminder for, for us today from God too, is are we lowering ourselves daily in an act of surrender, acknowledging that Jesus can transform my life if I let him? Listen, and you know, this isn't some like abstract idea that we need to uh, reach others for Jesus or we need to plant the seed, but Jesus actually asks us to do this in a really interesting and really beautiful way. In John 21, Jesus appears to some of his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And he's sitting with a group of them, and he's talking to a man called Simon Peter, who is one man, but two names used interchangeably. And he looks at Simon, and he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And what Jesus said to Simon is the same thing he's saying to us. He says, then feed my lambs. A couple more times, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And maybe getting a little bit hurt and upset, why do you keep asking me this? Simon says, yes, God, you know I love you. And in the same way, I believe Jesus is standing here with me and using my voice and your heartbeat. He's calling you by name and saying, do you love me? And you, like me, I know you're saying, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus tells us the same thing, then feed my sheep. Then take care of my lambs, feed my people. In John 10, uh, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. He says he calls his sheep by name, and they follow him because they know his voice. And if you're here for the first time today, or one of the first times, or even if you need this reminder today of how much Jesus loves you, that's how much Jesus loves you. If even one of his sheep went missing, he would stop at nothing to leave the rest of the herd and go find that one sheep. And in the same way, if, if in any way in your life you went astray or you went missing, Jesus is pursuing you. He's running after you. And what's more is that now he's asking us to do the same, and we get to be involved in this process. We get to be involved in feeding his lambs and taking care of his sheep, and that's incredible, incredibly exciting. So you might say, like, well, what does that look like? How am I supposed to do that? And I encourage you today to respond to the prompting in your heart to share your faith. Respond to the prompting in your heart to invite somebody out to church this Easter service that we're having in a couple weeks, respond to the prompting in your heart to pray with a hurting neighbor or a hurting friend. Respond to the prompting in your heart to invite somebody out for delicious treats, interesting and thought-provoking video and time of discussion on Alpha. Because friends, it's our obedience to that prompting that God gives us that can ultimately be the catalyst to change somebody's entire life.
I'm going to invite Pastor Mike up to finish off. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks Megan. Appreciate that. Come on, show us some love. That was amazing. So good. So good. I, I love that. That's perfect illustration, right, of that. You just bring people to Jesus. An invite can be such a simple but such an easy kind of first step of, you know, planting that seed, watering that seed, right? I, I love that. That's so good. Thank you, Megan. Um, and, and, you know, Me- Megan was really touching on, you know, invite, a simple invite, a simple invite. Uh, really, that's what I want the application to be. And, you know, we try to do this every year around the Easter season is I'm challenging every single person here in the room. Um, if we could not only make it a priority for our own lives to be here for our Easter service coming up in, in a few weeks, but also if we could choose three friends, each person choose three friends to invite to the Easter service on April 21st, uh, just not this week, the, the week after that. And, and again, if someone says, no, I'm not going to that, then hey, you, you tried, right? You're planting the seed. It, it's not your responsibility to force someone to come. It's not your f- responsibility to save someone. We're just planting the seed. We're just trying. We're just sowing. Um, and this is what the Easter party is looking like, okay? So um, normally we have four songs up here. We're going to do three songs. We're at a shorter service. Uh, normally I'll be 30-ish minutes um, up here speaking. We're just doing it for 20 minutes, okay? We're going to have some different creative elements to the, to the day. We have some videos. Um, we're having an Easter egg hunt for, for the kids, which will be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to open up the wall. We're going to have two bouncy castles over there, like because you can't go wrong with bouncy castles, right? So it, it's going to be great. Um, we're going to have a popcorn booth set up, cupcake decoration uh, booth set up. Um, we're going to have a live bunny with photos, like a little photo booth. And it's going to be cool because we're going to take a pic of you or your kids, whatever, or both, and we're actually going to print off the picture right there and, and give it to you. So that's going to be a cool little souvenir. Um, we got kids and youth treat bags. We got prize giveaways. And stuff. Like, it's just going it, to, it's, it's the perfect week to invite a friend, okay? It's the perfect week to invite a friend who maybe isn't into the church thing, or maybe it's been a while since they've been into the, the church thing. And I, again, we say this every Easter. We say this every Christmas. There is something about this season where people are just a little bit more open to who God is than, than normal, right? There's, there's something where people are a little more open to church, a little more open to the message of Jesus. And again, we want to get that message across, right? And again, if, if this is your first time ever here, we want to be very clear with that. We want you to have faith in God because we know that he can change lives. So let's not miss this opportunity, okay? Let's not miss this opportunity to plant some seed. To, to, to put some water on some seed that's already been planted before. Um, and I have just three real quick suggestions of how to actually do this, how to invite. The first thing is this. Um, I want you to, to pray and think about three friends who you can uh, invite, okay? So um, that could be a family member. It could be just a friend. It could be an acquaintance who you kind of know this, but they might be open to this kind of thing. I really want to encourage you to do that. Second thing, um, I want you to, to pray for those friends. Uh, before you send an invite, before you ask them to attend, all this kind of thing, I want you to pray for them, you know? Uh, if you're gonna send them a text, pray right before, God, let there be an open heart here. Let, them, let there be an open mind here. Um, and I believe God will. Um, and thirdly, uh, I challenge you just to send a message, it, whether it's Facebook or text or Snapchat or, or Twitter or kind of whatever it is, um, or a phone call or whatever, but just say, all you have to do is send the link and say, hey, um, my church is doing this Mountainside Church last Easter. Here's kind of all the event info. It'd be really cool if you came, you know? Uh, it doesn't have to be this insane, scary moment, this like, oh, oh my goodness, this is a big deal. It just, just send the link. Say, hey, would you be interested in coming to this with me? And if not, it's, it's all good. But again, people are a little more open at Easter time. And uh, is it a risk? 
Absolutely it is. It's terrifying. <laughs> you know, I, I have my three friends that I'm inviting, um, and it's, it's scary. And, like, they've, they've been all the time, and I'm still nervous asking. Like, that's just human nature, right? That, that, that's okay. But maybe they'll come out, and maybe they'll hear about Jesus. And maybe that seed will be planted, and the water will be put on it, and it will grow into something beautiful. Um, and, and I'm reminding myself as I'm inviting my friends, it's not my job to save these people. It's not my job to save my friends. It's God's job. But it is my job to show them who Jesus is and to give them a chance to hear about who Jesus is. And look, let, let me just kind of speak it over you in, in, in faith, okay? This Easter can be that chance for your friends. This Easter can be that opportunity for your family. And like April 21st, 2019, why not? Why not let you know, this Easter be a milestone in their, in their life, in their life story of, oh yeah, it was, it was that Easter Sunday, I was invited, I got a random text, a random email, a random phone call, tell me to go to this website. You know, you, you never know what could happen. Um, and God will do what he wants from there. God, God will figure out the rest. And, and there's a peace in, there, in this mindset where, where we're just leaving it up to God. Look, we don't carry the role of Savior, but look, look, look don't, don't miss this though. And don't mistake this for laziness or, or you know, trying to avoid responsibility. We don't have the role of Savior, but look, we carry the responsibility of being the sower, being the person that plants, being the person that waters. So make sure you sow, okay? Pretty good, right? So make sure you sow. Anyways, okay. Um, so uh, there are, we're going to have cards at the back at the info booth uh, with little invite cards um, talking about kind of, are they on the chairs? I think they're, no, I think they're at the back. We'll have them on the chairs next week. Um, and it's just, a little, it's just a little card that you can even give to a friend and say, hey, you should come with me to this. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, okay? Um, I have a friend. And I'm, I'm just going to close with this, okay? I have a friend who has come to the last two years' worth of Christmas parties and Easter services, okay? Um, he never misses. I'm praying he'll come again this year. Uh, he hasn't made that decision yet to follow Jesus. He hasn't, it hasn't really clicked fully for him yet. But it, there's been seed planted. And I'm praying this Easter, there's going to be a little bit more water to it, add a little more time to that growth. Um, and I'm believing in faith that he will find Jesus. And look, when he finally does, and I'll just say it like he will, because I believe in he will. Who gets the credit? Not this guy. Oh, wow, I sent a text message. Oh, yeah, I, I, and yeah, I did, I did all this stuff, and I tried my very best, but look, at the end of the day, it's Jesus. Jesus saves people. And why do we care about this so much? Why do we, it seems like we're always talking about this here at Mountainside. Why do we get so excited about the Easter season, this kind of thing? It's because we love people. We love people. Um, and, and we know that as someone decides to say yes, I am following Jesus. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I believe in God. That life in its very fullest can now begin. There's a new life that comes only with putting your faith in Jesus that you can't taste anywhere else. You can live whatever kind of life that you want. You can have a lot of money, no money. You can have a lot of friends, no friends. You could live here. You could live there. It just doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Jesus is the only one that gives true life in its very fullest. Um, and and I, I want to present that opportunity today too. If you're here and you're thinking, okay, this is kind of a weird week to come on, okay, this is, this is very interesting, I, I, I want to give you that chance. If you've never put your faith in Jesus before, you can. You simply believe in, in what he's done and who he is, okay, that, that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son from heaven to earth to die on a cross. And it, it's funny, right, because I've, I've tried to picture, you know, in the same way that like, God the Father gave God the Son to die, I've tried to picture what would it cost for me to give up my son Noah? Like what, what, would, what would it take this? And honestly, 
my mind, it could not comprehend. It just would not compute. Like, I could not get that far down that thought process. I just couldn't because I, I, I couldn't. I'm sorry. Like, it's, if it's you guys or no, it's like, sorry, guys. Like, it's, I, I cannot comprehend. So the love that the Father had for us to make that step, oh, my goodness, he loves us. And, of course, the good news, he didn't stay dead in the grave. Three days later, he rose again. And when we put our faith in him, we can know him. We can have a relationship with him. Okay, so I, I, I want to encourage you with that. Um, what time is it? Do I have time for one more story? Okay, I got time for one more story, okay? Um, just, uh, uh, I have this friend named Travis. You know, like, literally, probably like 15, 16, 17 years ago, I met him. And uh, he came to church with us. We invited him to church, you know, all this kind of stuff. We were trying to teach him all about God. We were trying to plant that seed, water that seed, you know. And it kind of was like, oh, I see some growth. Oh, never mind. Oh, I see some growth. Oh, never mind. Like, it was just back and forth for years. Um, and then he moved away, and I kind of never saw him again. It's kind of like, ah, it's so disheartening, you know. It's kind of sad when you really love someone, you pray for them, you give literally your whole life to see them find Jesus, and then it's kind of, ah, the growth didn't happen. How cool is this, though? Uh, it was probably six or seven weeks ago. I'm at the front door, forgot something in my car, I'm going, I open the door, and it's Travis standing there. I'm just like, <laughs> I haven't seen you, dude, in like seven years. Like, what? Like, what? And it was amazing. He started telling me about how, he started telling me all about his church in Ottawa, where he lives now, and how he volunteers. And he, he, he volunteers on the slides, and he said, oh, I always screw up the words because I don't know any of the songs, you know. And he's telling me all this stuff, and just, I, it's just the joy. It's just like, oh, my goodness, that's incredible. You know, like decades later, you see that some seeds that were planted, they, they actually grew into something. That's beautiful. And look, who gets credit for that? Not me. Not the church in Ottawa. Jesus gets the credit. Because who was crucified for him? Jesus. In what name was he baptized in? The name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you with that, okay? The, let this Easter be a moment where, where you're planting seed or you're watering seed or you'll see that seed finally grow into something beautiful, okay? I'm, I'm really believing that and I want to speak that over us as a church family, okay? Why not? Why not this year? Why not let this be the year where one of those things happens? Amen? Plant the seed. God will do the rest, okay? Uh, let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, just for the privilege, just like what Megan was saying, the privilege of being a part of your work. You could just do it all yourself, but you would involve us because you love us. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for that responsibility, not of Savior, but to be sowers, to be planting seed. Uh, I pray for the three friends that all of us uh, we might already have in our minds of who we're inviting God. I pray that you'd give us courage to do it. And I pray there'd be a receptiveness there. And God, I pray there would be salvation. There would be life change in that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna now take up uh, our tithes and offerings now. We are officially starting the tithing challenge today, by the way. So if you've kind of said, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this for 12 weeks, we're starting that today. Um, so ushers, you're good to uh, come forward.